0: Hey everyone, it's Mariah and Danny. Welcome to our podcast, Behind Behavior, where we take a look at the science behind behavior and how we actually use it in real life.
1: Short disclaimer, nothing we say on this podcast in any way reflects the opinions of our employers or the BACB. All opinions are our own. Also, there may or may not be some explicit language in this episode. One of us tends to swear and the other one usually doesn't join us to find out What up Danny? Nothing much. Yeah, I feel that. No, but I'm good. Um What are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to do
0: a follow-up episode to our episode last year called Baby Got Boundaries. So we're just going to elaborate on some additional boundaries that we can all implement in our own lives.
1: Yeah, I remember that episode got a lot of traction. It seemed like people were really interested in it. So we wanted to expand and give some more tips and tricks for setting boundaries in various places within your life.
0: We know I love a good boundary, so.
1: We know that for sure. I feel like boundaries is... It's definitely become like one of those therapy buzzwords, but just like anything else, it's a skill you have to practice and and find places in your life to insert healthy boundaries.
0: Definitely, because I think later we'll be talking about how chronic the pushover can be. Oh, yeah. Or recovering pushover, how that is always can be an issue.
1: I think it's pretty safe to say that one of us is a recovered pushover slash people pleaser. The other one has never people pleased in their life.
0: Well, we already know who these people are, (laughs) Dani. I hope you don't relapse.
1: No, I've learned some skills and I'm pretty good now. But, I mean, it, it took a long time. So if we can say something to, like help out a listener, then that's great. Love to hear it. So as somebody who is a professional boundary setter, what are some tips that you have for us or for our listeners?
0: I really started thinking about it. Well, last time we both kind of covered work-life balance. I specifically Mm -hmm. talked a lot about work-life balance with boundaries and scheduling mm-hmm. and how that, like, benefits your boundaries in your work and your personal life. Mm-hmm. And I still do those if those are, like, necessary to do at yeah. whatever point I'm at. But mm-hmm. today I'm going to talk about a lot more of your own personal boundaries. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. You can still apply these to work. Just do whatever's applicable. Sure. Sure. So I started thinking a lot about boundaries and I realized a lot of our boundaries are all value-based, which we love value-based living over here. Yes. (laughs) But I also realized it's really hard to do value-based living or like value-based goals, anything with your values if you don't actually have your values identified, uh huh. which I'm not going to sit here and be like I have all 20 of my values identified now right because <laughs> I am not walking around with this like values checklist that I'm like oh does this qualify as healthy living today or mm-hmm. like <laughs> I'm just not doing that but I feel like I am self aware enough that I can identify if this is something I need a boundary for or not yeah Other techniques I think are worth noting for this would be if you have a friend, like a close friend or family who can objectively tell you and identify characteristics that speak about your values from like a third person view. Mm -hmm. So I tried to think about like what friends have told me are values I have just in everyday conversation. And I'm pretty certain Most people would say that I am disciplined. Yes. And that that I'm pretty Mm goal-oriented. I don't know what a third one would be, honestly. Probably that I'm just kind of resilient. I would say, like,
1: uh, you value exploration and travel. I'd agree with that yeah
0: i also value like personal development Mm -hmm. i'm always trying to learn like a new skill how i can apply it whether that's crafting or something professional Mm -hmm. but those are also things i think that when i hear people say them about me i'm like oh yeah that like checks out Mm -hmm. if somebody else is identifying something and it doesn't check out for you that should be like a red flag immediately that that's not an actual value of yours
1: but they're identifying it so obviously your actions indicate that so there's some some things not matching up there i think values are really interesting because a lot of times people when they think about values they're like oh yeah like the planet's important to me like the eco consciousness that's a value of mine but if you don't have any actions that like go along with that you know you're not reducing your plastics you're not recycling or whatever then like Is it really a value if you don't have any, like, committed actions behind it? Because I think your actions, your behaviors, really speak to what your values are. Definitely. Yeah.
0: That's the whole your actions speak louder than words thing.
1: Yes. I was just
0: thinking from more of, like, a religious or spiritual, like, perspective. Mm Because someone can say oh, I'm so-and-so, or, like, oh, I have these values, and then your actions are, like, trash. Well, girl, that's just
1: hypocrisy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, Today, but somebody, I mean, like, if you're really pulling the wool over somebody's eyes, and they're like, oh, yeah, they're so religious, they they go to whatever services, like, twice a week, and they help out in this, like, youth group, and they do blah, blah, blah. Like, mm, I feel like we're just doing a charade, This isn't Mm -hmm. exclusive to religion, so don't jump down my throat, but I feel like it's pretty easy to act one way, and then Mm -hmm. behind closed doors, you're like a total D-bag.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, even just, yes, this is rampant in religion, but in order for people not to, like, get upset, we can use the eco-conscious example. Like, yeah, I can recycle and I can do all these things that are good for the Earth, but I can still be a jerk. And then, like, caring for the Earth is still my value, but maybe kindness is not.
0: (laughs) Or, like, I can be eco-conscious in the fact that I have, like, an EV vehicle, but Mm -hmm. on the other end of the spectrum, I go through 40 paper towel rolls a week. Right. Or like, like I'm still going to That's something cut nobody's going to see unless you hear. Mirror- in Right. <laughs>
1: like,
0: different strokes for different folks. I'm just saying, make sure if you're using this method to identify your values based on like somebody else's view of your characteristics, that they mm-hmm. actually align with what you like self-identify. Yes. Yes. If you don't have a trusted friend or someone who's going to give it to you straight, you should just use a values questionnaire. Mhm. So, I have one that we're going to link in the show notes and hopefully that can help you decipher on your own what your values are. Mm-hmm. And from there, you can make value-based decisions on your boundaries. So, an example of me doing value-based decisions would be when I worked in a clinic setting, it's so common people like bring in extra treats or candy or donuts or whatever. Mm-hmm. And people would be like, oh, aren't you going to have blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, no, because that doesn't align with my goal and my values is that I'm goal-oriented. Mm-hmm. People would rage when I'd flat out be like, that doesn't align with my
1: lifestyle <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
0: But that's also kind of another example of like other people not being able to respect people's boundaries. So mm. if you yes. say... If you say, no, I'm not going to do that, that's the full response.
1: Right. You've set that boundary. And that's the kind of scary thing about boundaries is like, boundaries are for you. They're not for other people. If you start putting boundaries on other people, that's something different. That's not a boundary. (laughs) But we also can't control how people react to our boundaries. And that's when it gets uncomfortable, you know, and a little bit scary sometimes We set that boundary, and then when somebody pushes back on it, we also have to practice dealing with that.
0: Right. That's where you actually, like, hold the line and you're consistent in what you're saying about your boundaries.
1: Yeah, especially if your boundary is, like, uh, not consistent with social norms, Like, your example of, like, yeah, when people bring donuts and stuff into the office, everybody has one. Like, nobody's on a diet that day. And then if you're the one person who's like, no, that doesn't align with my health goals right now, people don't know how to respond to that because it's not the social norm.
0: Right. And we're not trying to shove donuts down our favorite
1: diabetic coworkers' throat. I mean, I would hope not, but...
0: (laughs) I mean, if you're also in that position and this is a more specific example for you, Mm -hmm. I hope you are strong in your
1: boundaries. (laughs) But that, yeah, but that's hard to be sometimes, especially when you're the only one in a room. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Okay, another quick boundary that I have are financial boundaries. Mm Mm-hmm. These are a bit more personal, but they also don't have to be. Yeah. So I'm thinking more personal in terms of like, if you want to go buy a new car, but you are only okay paying X amount in a car payment each month. You need to be very transparent about that and let people know, like, I only want to pay up to $300 a month on this total loan. Mm -hmm. like that's your wiggle room that's what you're comfortable paying Mm -hmm. and i mean we all know car salesmen can be a little tricky oh yeah handle yeah so i mean go into situations where you will be spending money with a financial goal and boundary set that you already have a comfortable allotment of what you want to do for that Mm -hmm. so another example would be house projects Hmm. Um. this would be more applicable I guess if you like own a home and you have to do maintenance or something of the like Um. like I'm gonna get my landscaping done
2: Hmm.
0: I was also very upfront like I don't think this is our forever home we just need to look like we don't live at Monster House so <laughs> our budget is like XYZ tell me what mm-hmm. you can do with that mm-hmm Because I'm not trying to blow the bank on some landscaping I'm not going to be here 20 years to enjoy.
1: I could also see this used for, like, friends and, like, other personal relationships. Like, if your friends want to go out to brunch every weekend, you have to decide, like, do, you know, and brunch can get expensive. Any Mm -hmm. really eating out in general can. So you have to decide, like, do Do I value those social interactions enough to put this money aside? You know, or like planning group vacations. You know, figure out what money you can put aside, what your priorities, your financial priorities are, and then set that boundary. Hey, guys, I want to go, but I can only afford this much money. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to do the cross-country, whatever. Let's find something closer to home.
0: That's a really good point about the group travel Mm -hmm. specifically because you know you and i are always the travel buddies right (laughs) (laughs) so like if i'm traveling with anybody else i try to match their budget and what they're comfortable Mm -hmm. spending with because Mm -hmm. i know that sometimes i'll like splurge on one or two items but my friend might not want to do that so when When you and I go, we're always like, okay, what do we actually want to, like, spend our big ticket items on? And then Mm -hmm. we don't really care if we need to go to the grocery store and eat at, like, the Airbnb a few nights.
1: Yeah, yeah, because we we know, going back to your values, we value experience-based things. We'll go on a tour. We'll go see a show. Like, we'll go do something and we'll save the money other places Mm -hmm. because that's what we value but you have to have those
0: conversations with people and those can be challenging conversations to have especially around accommodations yeah of like or if you're a friend group who have kids okay mm-hmm. so like maybe i have two kids and danny wants to bring her dog or something like how are we how are we splitting accommodations am i paying for three people Mm-hmm. and Danny's paying for one and like whatever fees her dog acquires mm-hmm. or are we paying like per bedroom I've or seen per bedroom that you need like allotted because this is always a
1: controversial topic I have seen people arguing about this in like some travel groups that I'm on on the internet and it's yeah do you do you pay per person do you pay per bedroom do you pay per like how often you're there because if you have young kids you're going to be at the accommodation more because they're going to have to eat nap whatever if you're child free you're probably gone all day and these are i mean and there is no right or wrong answer i mean there are some definite wrong answers but (laughs) i mean it it, again it's just like a a values-based boundaries conversation that's going to have to happen amongst that group
0: Mm -hmm. and i think that also like depends on the accommodation yeah because for me point blank it's so easy to be like i want to pay per room that i need to use or like Mm -hmm. whoever i'm bringing with needs to use Mm -hmm. um but also like sometimes there's a loft so then like if you had kids like maybe they don't need to be counted into like a loft scenario Mm -hmm. but then it would be like then you need to
1: move per person in and, that. And truthfully, if it gets too expensive, me personally, and if I have the money for it, you guys figure it out. I'll get a hotel nearby. <laughs> I'll just buy my own hotel room, and I'll be totally separate. Because that that's also a boundary. Like I need to separate myself from this because it's getting stressful. Mm-hmm. And you can ruin a whole trip doing stuff like that, right? So
0: talk about planning trips before you go.
1: Yeah. Know your well budget.
0: Before. Right. Know your budget. Mm-hmm. Set like a time allotment. I mean, I feel like you and I usually at least plan a trip within six months. Mm-hmm. Or, like, we've also traveled,
1: traveled together out.
0: pretty frequently and we know that our values are pretty aligned. Right. So I mean, it's we could do easy. anything and wing it from here.
1: Right. <laughs> It's because we've done it so many times. So, yeah, like if this is your, if this is the first time thing, I mean, yeah, just with any financial boundaries, especially because that is your money and you work hard for your money. Definitely plan it out ahead of time and figure out what you're comfortable with.
0: My last one on the financial boundaries are gifts.
1: Yes. You're always going to
0: give a gift, whether it's like Christmas, a birthday, an anniversary or whatever. Mm hmm. Uh, My partner and I always try to tend to stick to like an arbitrary number for stuff or Mm -hmm. I mean, I've tried for us to do like a combined anniversary gift, like something that benefits both of us. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But for each one of those occasions, like the value doesn't change. We always try to stick within like A $50 range of whatever our goal is. Yeah. So. If mom or somebody is listening to this and you want to blow the budget on one item, then you're getting one birthday item. Like, that's it. (laughs) Like. Because we try to be fair across like our family before, you know, Mm -hmm. it, you have like 20 people you're buying gifts for.
1: And I feel like especially a holiday like Christmas where you're buying for multiple people at a time, it's so easy to just, you pick up one thing and pick up another thing and those smaller things add up. And before you know Mm -hmm. it, it's like, oh, shoot, Mariah, I have like 20 gifts for her. And then my other friend, I have like two.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Especially like the month of December for us is like wrecked all the time. So we have an anniversary, we have four family members' birthdays, we have Christmas, Mm -hmm. then you're traveling around, like, you're adding gas in, it's just, it's a mess. So, like, that month definitely needs planned ahead for, and Mm -hmm. we try to keep track of, like, what our allotment is per gift giving.
1: Yeah, I I really like that one, too. And, I mean, if it's going to be an issue, let people know that ahead of time, too, especially if if it's you know you're tight on money and i i can't afford to give like i usually do or i can't afford to reciprocate the same amount that somebody's going to give you let them know ahead of time hey I'm, we're not doing gifts this year but i'll mm-hmm. bake you a cake or something
0: <laughs> right you know i think it's also fair too like if you're going in for a gift on or you're asking for a larger gift um, Like this year, I asked for some pretty expensive weather tech mats for my car. Mm-hmm. I know those are expensive. Okay, I, I assigned those to my spouse knowing that was an expensive gift. I would expect him to get me.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, I wasn't asking anybody else to get that for me, but like it's so expensive that he ended up getting me part of the car, and then his parents wanted to get me the rest of the car. Oh, okay. So a gift like that, like, I still got the whole set. Yeah, Mm -hmm. But then it was kind of, my Christmas lists aren't very long either, so people probably needed to divvy up gifts. (laughs) 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 That's the thing, too. If you do gift giving and you don't have, like, an extensive gift list, keeping your gifts list short ensures you actually get, like, those five items you actually want because people don't know what else to get
1: you and it's great (laughs) listen but my partner does that to me he has like two items on his list and i'm like well that's no fun for the gift giver so then you end up with random things that you may or may not want (laughs) so there's a con (laughs) to your strategy
0: i mean every time my partner surprises me i'm shocked that he does like a phenomenal job and then i'm in awe
1: of like how great the gifts are. I'm like, wow, you really know me? <laughs> right. Yeah. He must know you very well. <laughs> um,
0: Okay. My last boundary for this episode mm-hmm. is covering physical boundaries. Okay. This one should be exercised about your own comfort and the comfort of others. hmm so please listen when other people state a boundary about like their physical comforts. Absolutely. Uh, a big one we see a lot is like, I'm not going to make my kid hug or kiss like relatives they're uncomfortable with or like yeah. sit, sit on Santa's lap or whatever.
1: Yeah. I actually like, love that whole movement, the whole idea.
0: I do, too. I mean, it's teaching bodily autonomy from a early age. And self-advocacy. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm not a big hugger. Right. Me neither. And I'm not a big kisser. There are a select few friends that I know are huggers, so I will hug you. hmm And everybody else, you're not getting a hug. And that's more like, oh, I'll chalk it up for like a 30-second I guess, 30 seconds is a pretty long
1: <laughs> I mean, if you're counting. But also, like, that's a decision that you made. Like, it makes me a little uncomfortable, but I'm willing to do it because it makes them feel good. Right. It's and if empathetic that, towards a friend.
0: It's not like they are physically making... Or physically or, like, emotionally or mentally, like, harming me from doing it. I just don't prefer yeah. the action, so... Yeah. But I will for them, so
1: shout out to like the five people i'll actually hug (laughs) when if they're real friends if you really did if they could tell you really didn't want it to they would back up oh another thing i was going to say about physical
0: boundaries is Mm -hmm. personally i don't like to engage in a lot of public displays of affection Mm -hmm. and that's well by my own choice because we know i'm a bit more private Mm -hmm. But also, I don't like the idea of potentially making someone else in public uncomfortable Mm -hmm. by like my displays of affection. Luckily, my partner agrees and like we have the same feelings on this. So Mm -hmm. we're not doing anything weird making people feel (laughs) some type of way in public. (laughs)
1: That's good. But that's that's such a good point, though, because that's another conversation that like, people in new relationships need to have because you and your partner feel the same way, but somebody might be in a relationship with somebody who has a different idea, has different values, and you're going to have to come to some sort of compromise or one of you's going to be having your physical boundaries crossed.
0: I'm not in high school anymore, so I'm not, like, running into random people just, like, making out, but <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it happens somewhere. Like, I'm sure if I went to go see the Eiffel Tower, like some couple's going to just be so swept up in the moment. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like trying to think of where that would be the most common scenario, like something super romantic, like I'm in Santorini or whatever. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like, I
1: get if you're maybe doing like a photo shoot type thing. I was just going to say, I feel like it's context specific. Like if someone's getting proposed to in front of the Eiffel Tower, kiss him. Absolutely. Absolutely. If we're just sitting down at Applebee's trying to get some appetizers, keep it to yourself.
0: (laughs) Your next thing you know, you're hiking your leg up and stuff. Like, I don't need to see that. Go home. (laughs) But it makes like the passerby so uncomfortable, but also you're like unwilling to talk
1: about it with that Mm -hmm. person.
0: Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, let's get real. We don't know other people's reactions these days.
1: Well, and I will say, like, I personally, I don't think you should place boundaries due to other people's feelings. I think it should be you and your own value. So if that's something that you value is other people's comfort, that's fine. Um, but I'm not going to do or not do something because it might make somebody else uncomfortable because that's my value. I also am not a big public displays of affection person, but it has nothing to do with other people's reactions. And it's all about my own, Uh, because especially when you get into physical boundaries, like those can be really that can be a safety issue. You know,
0: I think like one topic where this is really hot. Yeah. And people don't really notice how riled up others get is public breastfeeding oh yeah and that's still controversial
1: for no reason but right
0: yet that's the one topic or like one display of like a physical boundary Mm -hmm. that like any old person's gonna be like hey
1: i don't really think you should be doing that But that well honestly though the another one is this whole it's newer but like parents advocating for their kids She said she didn't want to hug you, Grandma. Grandma's about to get upset. So, like, you're going to have (laughs) exactly, you're going to have to hold that physical boundary knowing that you're about to upset somebody, somebody that you Mm -hmm. might care about. But, you know, your four year old, Grandma can literally manhandle and pick that kid up. So, you as the parent are going to have to step in to help them hold that boundary.
0: I think in that scenario, you can preview that with, like, hey, Our kid is learning these skills. Please respect their wishes when they say that. Like, we know you're coming over. Let's get real. Nobody comes over unannounced anymore. And if you do, I don't answer the door. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) my grandma's not just dropping by and, like, expecting hugs and kisses and cuddles and hand-holding, whatever, you know? Like, no. The family's gonna know that ahead of time. Like, hey, creepy cousin whoever's coming over you know the kid probably already knows if they like that family member or not because mm-hmm. uh, let's get real we don't always like our family members mm-hmm. and they can have that conversation with the parent or hopefully the parents picking up on it if they're really little and then the parent can like extend to the family
1: prior to everybody coming over <laughs> I like. totally agree. I mean, this is definitely something that would have to be a conversation amongst the adults before like, hey, grandma, grandpa, this is something that we're introducing, whatever. Um, But I mean, it's gonna depend on the family culture.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, like
1: my in-laws, people do just stop over and hugging and kissing is expected. And if a child says no, that's gonna be a big deal. It's gonna be people are feelings are gonna get hurt. So I think that's really just going to depend on the culture and the conversations that the adults have. Like you said, Mm -hmm. before that interaction ever has an opportunity to happen, you're going to have to prep people.
0: I definitely think like the cultural aspect plays a lot into it, especially like we can even see how our ethics changed. Like Mm -hmm. our boundaries ethically were supposed to be we weren't accepting any gifts. Yeah, and now the BACB has even been a little laxed on that because they've realized some cultures that we're servicing, mm-hmm. it's really rude and it can actually damage our rapport can... with the client and family exactly. if we're like turning down gifts.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you're
0: you should still have that conversation. Like, hey, every time I come over, I cannot be accepting gifts. I can do this mm-hmm. like once or
1: twice a year. Mm-hmm. For a cultural
0: issue
1: right you know. and hopefully that's part of your company's policy so you don't seem like the bad guy you know put it back on your policy so that's all I'm working with today you as know as far as additional boundaries I love it and that's actually a perfect segue into mine if we're ready to switch I'm ready so similar to Mariah like Last time I talked, also talked a lot about kind of work-life balance and like physical antecedent interventions you can put in place. So this time I also wanted to focus more on setting boundaries with other people, personally and professionally, however it fits best in your life. And actually my first bullet point is to set clear expectations from the beginning. So like we were just talking about having conversations with family members before the event or the situation happens. I think this is also appropriate for professional settings. So some examples include, I use my cell phone for work. Some members, some of my staff, they're not my staff, I don't supervise them. Some of the staff that I work with have the number, some don't. Very few, but a couple of my clients have my personal cell phone number. Whenever I give it out, I always go through general, like, Business hours, you know, I'm not going to answer your call after 5 p.m. I don't answer calls on the weekends. And then I have to stick to that. I have coworkers who don't, and they get calls all hours of the night, all weekend. And you burn out from stuff like that. So setting expectations from the very beginning and then following through that consistency, what you're doing is you're setting up a learning history and teaching that person or those people what you will and will not do you're reinforcing I, certain behaviors
0: I love that point and I really mm-hmm. wouldn't have thought about it but that is something that I also do oh I'm not surprised <laughs> every single one of my one-on-one or contracted consulting clients have mm-hmm. my personal phone number mm-hmm. that's like my main equipment for working yeah so, I typically will send a text like this is what my weekly spread looks like. I'll send a text um confirming kind of like our standard appointment for the week. we mm-hmm. need to alter or like be flexible about our timing or something switch days, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. um, and then we'll hop on a call. Sometimes this is video. Sometimes it's like a literal phone call, yeah. And then I always let them know, hey, if I need to send an email, I will get back to you. If I get like a response on XYZ email or something really quickly, I might just text you the info. I might wait till our next call next week. Mm -hmm. Or if they have like a scenario happening in home and they want me to know about it or they like want more immediate feedback or they want to make sure I have something on the docket to bring up for our next meeting in the following week, I always let them know they can text me anytime they want, but that does not mean that I will be responding anytime they text.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally fair.
0: Sometimes I've had people text me at 7, which isn't an uncommon time for me to be working. Mm Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, oh, like, you know, I'm chilling on the couch. I don't really want to respond. And then sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm chilling on the couch. Like, why not respond? Like, Yeah. <laughs> like something's happening in their home environment right now. And that's what I am primarily consulting about. So if I can help change that behavior in the moment and like
2: mm-hmm.
0: teach and coach the parent on what to do and how to respond, like that is more beneficial so mm-hmm. I will weigh, like, the pros and cons on what the scenario is at the time. Sure. And none of this happens very frequently, especially mm-hmm. when you, like, lay those boundaries down ahead of time. hmm Other people, like, if I'm running late to a session, I'll be like, hey, I got stuck in traffic. It's going to be five minutes. Like, that's also just, like, a common courtesy thing. Oh, absolutely. So it's really useful for me to have like those phone numbers and for them Mm -hmm. to have mine because they'll Mm -hmm. do the same thing back or like, hey, something came up. Can I, can we call in ten minutes? Sure, Sure. whatever. Like that is fine. But when you're like, oh hey girl, I saw this reel on Instagram. Don't right at like nine p.m. on a Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Like, nah, I'm okay. Because I also let them know. In our contracts, like I, if I find you on social media, straight up, I'm gonna block you. Mm-hmm. I have no business like snooping on your personal life, and you have no business trying to find my mm-hmm. social
1: media. If you find it, fine. I will never add you. I I do the same thing. I have several clients who are on social media, and I have the same talk with them because they've I have several people who've asked, "Can I? I found you. Can I add you?" And I tell them. I'm not going to add you back. I'm not going to follow you. I don't go as far as to block them. But you know, I just set that expectation from the beginning. Because to me, my personal value of work-life balance, that crosses that line.
0: Listen, I only block them because I don't want to see their mug every time I'm, like, casually scrolling <laughs> on my couch.
1: <laughs> like Which is fine because you know they're gonna come up in the like people you may know right section
0: and it's like girl i don't need to see your selfie okay that's totally fair i don't need to see like your myspace pose with your cleavage out or whatever you have you <laughs> like just not live your life but mariah not wants nothing me. to do with it <laughs> right so it's like nah i'm gonna block you so i can like stop seeing this stimuli in my environment
1: <laughs> Yes. So whether it's like personal or professional, just setting those very clear expectations from the beginning, because any time after that, whatever you reinforce is what you are teaching. You are building that learning history for what is acceptable and is not acceptable from you. So same thing, if you set that down, that expectation of I'm not taking calls after 5 p.m. and then you do, you're not allowed to get mad at them because you're the one who's teaching them that that's okay because you keep answering the phone. So, if you set a boundary, you have to stick to it, too. That's the other side of that coin, I feel like. Yes. Which is hard for some people, but...
0: But don't be a pushover.
1: Don't be a pushover. With that, pushover, people-pleasing people out there, you don't have to tell everybody everything. Don't disclose unnecessary information to people. So in a professional setting, this might look like asking off for work. I know here in the States, like, it depends on your employer how your time off is allocated. Some people, you just have, like, one large pot of hours and you can use it for whatever you want. Some companies differentiate between, like, vacation time, sick time, holiday time, whatever. They're all different things. So follow whatever your company policy is around that, but you don't have to tell your boss exactly what you're doing. If you want to take a holiday or take a a paid day off, you don't have to tell them where you're going. If you want to take a sick day for an appointment or whatever, you don't have to tell them what the appointment is for.
0: Right. You're not like, hey, man, I got a scheduled colonoscopy coming up. Like, we don't need to know.
1: No, they don't need to know that. Um, I mean, for, for my boss right now, we have a shared Google calendar. I just put appointment. APPT. Sometimes I'll just put <laughs> off. <laughs> and so it's like, she doesn't know, like, am I going to the doctor? Am I taking my dog to the vet? Is it a hair appointment? We'll never know. My calendar just says appointment because that's all that my job requires.
0: That's. <laughs> I heard that technically jobs can't ask why, like, what you, what your appointment is. Like, that's a your HIPAA thing.
1: Like, you don't mm. have to disclose why you're going. I think, I mean, if it's medical, they, they can't request your medical information. I think. But oh, also,
0: they don't need to know if it's medical or not. Like, they
1: don't... It, <laughs> like Exactly. And that is more of my point, is that because it does happen, it has happened to me, where when my boss thought that I was going to a doctor's appointment, my time off got approved every time, no problem. When they found out it was for a vet appointment or a hair appointment, an oil change appointment, Basically, anything that was not medical, all of a sudden, I don't know if we can approve that time off.
0: Right. And then I would be like, I don't know, I would honestly probably push back because if people were like, oh, what's this appointment for? I would be like, that's just, it's a medical thing that I feel, don't feel like discussing. I would use that same excuse- for mm-hmm. your pet, for your oh, nail for appointment, sure. for because <laughs> it
1: is a
0: medical thing, <laughs> right? Like, uh, it's a medical thing for my dog. It's a medical yeah. thing for my personal hygiene of my nails or whatever. Like,
1: yeah. Now the thing that's going to throw this out of whack is there are still employers out there that require like a doctor's note in order for you to use a sick day. Personal, I feel like that's an abuse of the medical system on the employer's part, but. It's still out there. But if your job doesn't require something like that, don't tell them what you're doing on your days off. They don't have to know that. So those professionally, in a personal example for your personal life might be if you want to decline something like with your friends or family, this can be people that you enjoy hanging out with too, but just like your friend wants you to go out with them one Thursday night and you just don't feel like going out that night, you don't have to have a reason why you don't want to go. I mean, obviously, don't be you don't have to be rude about it, but you can say, no, I can't go, or, oh, not tonight, maybe next week. You don't have to have, like, a, a whole story and a whole reason to not go.
0: I feel like my standard excuse would be, like, I'm not feeling it
1: and to me that's not even an excuse like that's that's the reason you know i just i don't really feel up to it tonight or even if you do have something else going on you don't have to tell them that no i Mm -hmm. i can't i'm not available that's all you have to say
0: sometimes if i like want to be social but don't want to go out Mm -hmm. then i'll offer like oh you want to come over here Mm mm-hmm And we can do whatever as like a replacement. I have one girlfriend who, if we hang out and we go over to her house, and this is kind of true for mine, but it's not like a hard and fast rule, or I guess Mm -hmm. maybe it's like an unspoken rule. But if I go over to her house, it is known that her like house rule is you have to come over in pajamas. I love it. Like, you literally are, like, not allowed to wear jeans. You're not allowed Mm -hmm. to look fancy and cute. Like, don't come over with makeup on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because she will be in pajamas. She will be, like, the little house troll, Mm -hmm. you know? And she's expecting her guests to, like, match that energy. Also, if you come home and you don't immediately change into, like, house lounge clothes...
1: Who are you? Right,
0: like... (laughs) We're not the same.
1: Could never
0: be me. <laughs> so every time I get from over there, I'm like, yeah, sweats, no big deal. Got it. For
1: sure. <laughs> like, for sure.
0: Thanks for giving me permission to like not get dressed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, don't don't disclose. Don't overshare. You don't have to do that. My last point that I wanted to touch on was specific boundary phrases. And we've been using like a lot of boundary phrases kind of throughout the podcast. But I feel like sometimes people like the idea of boundaries. Yes, I want to do this. But when it comes down to it, you don't know what to say. Because it can be uncomfy at times, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, I mean, because it's a skill, right? And if you don't practice it, you're not going to be good at it for a while until you practice it. So I came up with four different categories of boundary phrases four different instances where like i find people have to set boundaries the most this is just like anecdotal my opinion this is not research <laughs> based but give us the data danny <laughs> i have no data the data is i feel like this is Inconclusive. what i see <laughs> <laughs> um but the first one is making compromises this is near and dear to my people pleaser heart Don't agree with people just because (laughs) it makes you uncomfortable not to. It's okay to set that boundary and compromise. Um, One example is, you know, at work or when you're setting times to, like, meet people is simply saying something like, I'm not available at that time, but, and then insert the times and dates that work for you. I could do Tuesday instead. And that way, one, it's polite, but it's firm. And you are not agreeing to the thing that you cannot do. You're putting something out there that you can instead.
0: I also think like if we just cut that phrase in half and you only responded with I'm not available at that time. Mm -hmm. And that's all you said. Like you sound like a dick.
1: Exactly. And I feel like especially if you are the type of like pushover people pleaser. Part of the the issue with boundaries is the fear of I don't want to sound like that. I don't want to sound mean. So I think, like, by adding in the option of, like, but this is what I can do, it's more cooperative. Uh, Cooperative. Yes. Right.
0: Like, you should, I mean, I firmly believe if there's an issue and you're going to talk about, like, there being a present issue, whether Mm -hmm. this is, like, just a response to an email or something, you
2: Mm -hmm. should come
0: to the table with solutions. Mm Mm-hmm. To aid in like this issue that you're already seeing. Yes. Because obviously you feel like it's warranted to talk about this issue enough that obviously it needs resolved. So here you go. Here's the issue. I'm not available at that time. Here's Mm -hmm. the way you're trying to solve the issue. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, but I'm free at this time, this time, or this time.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a great example. The next category that, that I had was giving yourself space or giving yourself time if you know if it's an uncomfortable situation you need to get away from it or if it's like a hard decision and you just need to think about it it is totally appropriate to say that exact thing I need some time to think about this I'll get back to you later next week tomorrow whatever the reasonable time frame is so again like you are stating your boundary I need time to think about this I'm not ready to make a decision right now. But then you're also giving a reasonable time frame for follow-up. So Mm -hmm. you don't just sound like a jerk. (laughs) You're following up with a totally reasonable response.
0: I think that this is a really good one, especially to use for kids. Mm -hmm. Like if you have your own kids and they're like, oh, can we do, can we have a sleepover this weekend? You know, kids are expecting an answer right away. That's just how they're like attention span and just how their brains work (laughs) right like we want we want it immediately we're not working Mm -hmm. on that delayed gratification Mm -hmm. but it's like most parents like to think that they're on the same page so this is Mm -hmm. a great response if you want to like talk with your partner about what you actually are comfortable with the family doing yeah i've also found that this is a great response when you're out and about and you're like shopping or Mm -hmm. like recently we were shopping for some furniture as soon as people realize you're shopping for something specific they basically stalk you through the store
1: yeah if it's a commission-based sale (laughs) they're pressuring you
0: (laughs) i'm that person where like, I'm comfortable telling you what I want, what I'm looking for, blah, blah, blah. But then you show me around and I instantly hate, like, I know I instantly hate everything you're showing me type thing. Mm -hmm. But I'm too nice to be like, this is ugly. (laughs) (laughs) So then my anxiety kicks in and I'm like, all right, but how do I still like respond to this appropriately? Mm -hmm. So I found that I was using this as like a standard go to like, oh, well, just give me some time to like think about this we were looking at some other pieces too so mm-hmm. like then then this would be a time where you like take their
1: information
0: and be like oh okay if i have extra questions i'll reach out
1: and i think this goes back to like our conversation on oversharing or unnecessary information you don't have to disclose all those inner thoughts because it, like you said like the I'm not going to tell you I think this couch is ugly because that's me. You don't have to be mean (laughs) to set boundaries. All you have to say is, we'll think about it and let you know. I I will, like for salesmen, whatever, don't ever get back to them. (laughs) But I will say, I feel like, especially when we're talking about kids or clients or in a professional setting, if you say, I'll get back to you tomorrow, get back to them tomorrow.
0: Yes. You have to have follow through or you're going to like ruin your rapport.
1: Yes. Definitely. But I do feel like this is really helpful in situations where people are putting a lot of pressure on you. Whether that's like a furniture or car sales situation, whether that's like family member pressuring you to make a decision, anything like that. It's totally fine and appropriate to say, I need some time to think this through. I
0: think this is even an appropriate response for like, the friend vacation or trip or family trip Mm -hmm. whatever like oh do you guys all want to go to disney okay disney is super expensive like right let me get back to you when i do this month's budget Mm -hmm. or like let me get back to you when still give a timeline because obviously those people are waiting too like it's a little less serious like Mm -hmm. if i don't respond if i tell danny like oh I'll be ready in 10 minutes. And then I'm ready in 15. Like, you're not going to hate me. But
1: (laughs) no, (laughs) that's. but then if I don't hear from you for two hours. Right. Like, then we're
0: like, is she alive?
1: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then once I find out you're alive, I'm like, I booked out this time for you. Where were you?
0: (laughs) Right. I mean, there's a fine line here because one of my biggest pet peeves is. If anybody does something and it comes off as like intentional intentionally being inconsiderate to someone else Mm -hmm. that is probably my biggest pet peeve ever Mm -hmm. and I mean it pops up all the time yeah like between like not using your blinker and then you're cutting me off to like Mm -hmm. forgetting to get back to me or something like of course in a friend way we can prompt Mm -hmm. but if I say like let me get back to you in a week or something Mm -hmm. and Like you've never brought up the trip again Mm -hmm. I'm going to assume like one you're uninterested because I'm not being reinforced by the conversation Mm -hmm. you're basically putting me on extinction and then I'm going to eventually stop inviting you to do fun
1: things yeah which is totally fair because that's that's what you're learning is I give like a kind of an answer and then I never talk to you again so I think that's, the, that's like the other side of boundaries, right? Because again, boundaries aren't for other people. Boundaries are for you. So you're the one who has to do the work, whether that's setting the boundary or then following up later after you have come to a decision. Mm-hmm. That's something that you have to follow through on. And I feel like those, the two, the compromises and giving yourself time are two like pretty common and pretty low stakes things most of the time that people see a lot. These next couple categories, I think, can be more uncomfortable <laughs> for a lot of I'm people.
0: Ready.
1: The, first one is, the first one is correcting others. So, the, I mean, this can be kids, right? Because, like, parents have to correct their kids. But this can also be in a professional situation. It can be with other adult family members when you see, you know, an unacceptable or behavior that is not acceptable to you uh, or, like, verbal language is unacceptable to you, whatever. Again, I will go back to our conversation before. I think things need to be prepped beforehand. But sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't because we can't control the behaviors of others. (laughs) Even as behavior analysts, we can't. Um, So one example of a phrase might be, I know this is different than you're used to, but we don't force our daughter to hug other people or whatever the unacceptable behavior is. I need you to respect that. You could also add like here's what we do instead. Whatever. But that I know this is different than you're used to is an empathetic statement so you don't come off as a jerk. But we don't do this is a hard line boundary. And hopefully the other person respects that. And doesn't get mad at you. But these are the types of boundaries that. Might elicit a reaction. From other people. Depending on the culture. And the context that you're in.
0: I definitely think people. Would get hot about these. Yeah. Only because it's always uncomfortable to be. Called out. Yes. On like your behavior. Yes. I. But I. I don't know. I'm probably more comfortable doing this than most people. (laughs) (laughs) I also know that like if I'm witnessing a behavior that I don't want to be around or Mm -hmm. like if I was with a client and I don't know, maybe we were in like a public setting or if if I was with a kid and like doing a play date or something and Mm -hmm. I didn't agree with like what that guardian was letting their kid do. Mm -hmm. I would be totally fine telling the other adult in charge, hey, I don't appreciate like XYZ behavior, Mm -hmm. knowing that whatever that behavior is, is like being a model for the client, kid, relative, whatever that Mm -hmm. I'm around. And if I'm not approving of that model behavior, it's easier for me to let the adult know like, hey, I don't approve of this. Can you, one, either ask for them to do an alternative behavior that's appropriate, Mm -hmm. or if you can't get this under control, we will leave. Yeah. Like that, I have no problem removing myself after I've stated this is making us uncomfortable.
1: Yes. And sometimes sometimes you do. I think when it comes down to correcting other people, again, like this can kind of slide into that, like, Can be a safety issue. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you do have to be a little bit more firm, but there's ways to do it that are respectful. And I like what you said about like, these are the things I need you to do or to stop doing, or I'm going to leave. So you do give that person a choice of various actions that they can take or not take. And they know the outcome of whatever actions they choose to do. Either they do it and you guys stay, or they don't and you leave and you'll connect another time
0: another like really easy way to do this for a client or a kid Mm -hmm. is maybe they're engaging in like a semi-dangerous behavior Mm -hmm. so i've seen this scenario play out in real life before like Mm -hmm. i saw these kids throwing rocks yeah okay that can be harmful it can also not be harmful Sure, So the parent stepped in, saw this situation Mm -hmm. and corrected it and was like, you can throw rocks, but over here, Mm -hmm. like in a specific area where there aren't people, there's no cars, there's no animals running around, like you're not going to take out a window,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, like you can throw these rocks in this really low stakes area. Mm -hmm. That's fine because I mean the action of throwing still has benefits Mm -hmm. like you're getting physical movement in. you're working on like motor skills yeah by coordination you know there's tons of benefits to that but
2: Mm -hmm. it's also
0: you can do that same behavior in a more safe way right you don't have to just like completely nix every single behavior some stuff can Mm -hmm. just be tweaked and then it's totally fine
1: yeah i mean that's that's that compromise and assuming they aren't throwing rocks at each other mm -hmm. (laughs) as long as they agree to the compromise and engage in the behavior in a more safe way then it's all good let them be
0: and the kids in this scenario were like five yeah under and they were like oh okay cool we can like still throw rocks this is awesome like right that's all they care about is they're still throwing rocks (laughs) and it's like if you look at it from you know, a more, like, detailed perspective. Like, there are pros Mm -hmm. and cons to most behaviors. Yeah. I feel like a lot of time from, like, a BCBA lens, like, we kind of are, like, the safety police. Yeah. Like, oh, is this harmful? Okay, if it's harmful, like, we have to change it and, like, provide an alternative. Sometimes the alternative is just, like, tweaking it a little. It doesn't have to be, like, a whole new behavior.
1: And see, like, that's so funny you say that, because I feel like in the adult world, I'm the rights, the human rights police. So I'm usually more like setting boundaries, helping the client set boundaries for themselves. Like, it it might not be safe, but they have the right to engage in it. Like smoking. Mm -hmm. You and I have the right to smoke. We're over the age of 21, even though we know it's not healthy. Clients have the same thing. So it's kind of just helping them set boundaries for themselves.
0: Yeah, the same thing for, like, being sexually active. Like, you have the right to engage in being sexually active, but also here's additional resources to be safe.
1: Right, I'm going to make sure that you're safe in the acts that you choose to participate in.
0: Right. Like, you can do whatever you want in a safe way.
1: (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Oh. And so we've talked about correcting people in the moment, but I feel like boundary phrase certain boundary phrases can also be helpful like talking to somebody after the fact. So like when you go home and you're reflecting and you're like, I didn't like this. This did not this made me feel some type of way. And then you go back and like have a conversation with that person, you know, and that can look say this is a really common one, especially we just had the holidays. It's not uncommon, at least. In the culture that i grew up in for family members to comment on your body whether that be from a weight perspective whether that be commenting on tattoos and piercings hairstyles whatever so this could look something like hey aunt uncle so-and-so when you said that you didn't like my piercings that was hurtful to me i need from you and then you tell them what you need I don't talk about my body with other people. I want to focus on the holiday. Tell them what you need. So again, you're stating what was hurtful to you, how you felt, your boundary. But then you're also giving them actionable items that they can take. Instead of my piercings, let's talk about the food. Let's talk about your kids. Let's talk about my job. Giving them other alternatives instead.
0: I think that's good. I mean, my yeah. blunt version of this would be like probably something too smart-alecky like uh... <laughs>
1: Something <laughs> like well, good thing it's my body and not yours. <laughs>
0: right, or it'd be like my body my choice, or I'm a huge fan of saying thanks for your opinion I didn't ask for.
1: Which are all great boundary statements if you are in the presence of mind to make them. <laughs> if you are Mariah and have the gall to do it. <laughs>
0: Those are like my standard, but also I feel like those come with certain repercussions. Mm-hmm, that's of people true. People getting up easily upset with you because mm-hmm. they feel like they either have space or like a right to talk to you in a certain way, which yeah. is also an area you can set a boundary in. Yeah. Because people only talk to you the way you let people talk to you. Right. So, like, if someone's saying something rude or super out of pocket to me, I have no qualms thinking you're, like, coming from a malicious standpoint. And I will Mm -hmm. let you know what I'm thinking. (laughs) Like, but Mm -hmm. also in that same way, I would be like, oh, thanks for sharing that, like, unsolicited opinion. How about we talk about these, like, mashed potatoes and i wouldn't say like how about we talk about these mashed potatoes i would just straight up change the topic
1: yes redirect the conversation
0: hey robert these like brussels sprouts you made were really
1: bitchin like next (laughs) (laughs) next thing on the list and just don't pay any attention to the comment i love it because yeah i mean yeah when you're correcting somebody your phrasing can impact how they react But people, some people are just also just going to fly off because they don't like being corrected. And I think my last category has the same caution, like, has the same potential, is just saying no. Mm -hmm. Adults do not like being told no. Very controversial. Which, honestly, I mean, as much as we try to... Anyway. Um... (laughs) First of all, no is a complete sentence. We know that you don't have to say anything else other than no, but I feel like if you're a person who is a people pleaser, is a pushover, or isn't used to setting boundaries, sometimes just saying no, period, is very difficult. So, In those instances, I feel like you can adapt a lot of the phrases we've already talked about or add something onto the no, kind of like with compromising and and correcting, right? You say no, but here's what I can do. Here's what I am willing to do. If there is something you are willing to do, you know, no, I'm not going to make my child give you a hug, but maybe she will wave hello.
0: Right, give some sort of alternative something, right? yeah,
1: maybe she might do a fist bump. Let's ask her and see. And then it's not just a flat out no. so you don't feel like you're coming off as a jerk, even though you're not. but it gives you something else to lean on to
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think with I'm... those, though, it'll depend on like your tone and your intonation because just a no can feel really rude. but. People just aren't used to being told no as adults in general.
0: People might be exposed to hearing no, but they're not accepting of hearing no.
1: That's the truth.
0: Because, I mean, we hear no in a lot of capacities. It's always not, like, as straightforward as just no. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of ways that we're denied things constantly and it's like okay we need to figure out how to pivot around that Mm -hmm. but also for like setting a hard line on like what you will and will not like tolerate or whatever sometimes Mm -hmm. i've had success just setting a text to friends or family people who Mm -hmm. i know will want to talk about like politics or a topic i don't want to talk about extensively for ages or whatever and it's like a special interest for them or like Mm -hmm. a current event or something like i'll let them know ahead of time like hey when you come over we're not talking about this topic but if you want to talk about like this topic of like your own like happenings or whatever and you want to bring up whatever personal details about your stuff like that's happening that's fine but also know that i won't be asking about personal details on xyz unless you like feel like disclosing so i feel like
1: i really like that example because i feel like it also is important to say you do not have to set boundaries face to face for them to still be valid boundaries like if that's too uncomfortable or too hard for you Maybe a phone call is easier. Maybe a text message is easier. Shoot, maybe an email is easier in the right context. All of those forms of communication are just as valid and your boundary is still in place, whether you said it face-to-face or whether you texted somebody.
0: I would say if you're going to use this method, and it's something where you will be seeing this person face-to-face in the future, one, Mm -hmm. do it in enough time where that person can process the boundary you've set And they can either accept or decline, and if they decline, then say, okay, the invitation to do, like, this outing together Mm -hmm. isn't going to go through. Like, I will not be meeting you if you can't accept these boundaries. Yeah. Sometimes people need time to process that, so I've sent texts like that to people two weeks in advance. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, this is really on my mind, I just want to make sure we're on the same page when we meet up, like these are things we're not doing Mm -hmm. for me and like I'll extend that exact same courtesy that I'm asking you not to do to me to you Mm -hmm. unless you signal by stating something I've listed as being like an okay discussion point or whatever yeah I mean this goes for setting those physical boundaries Mm -hmm. or like you can do this with, like, a new partner when they're talking about, like, birthday gifts. I know it's so common for people to be like, well, we've been dating for three months and I decided to buy him, like, some Jordans and then I bought him brand-new tires for his car and then all this other stuff. And it's like, all right, before you know you're spending, like, $1,200. And it's like, y'all have been together for three months. Like, that means... Slow (laughs) down. I'm buying you dinner at that point. Like, you're not (laughs) getting... You're not getting Jordans. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, mix and match these phrases, boundaries, like wherever you guys see fit. Mm hmm. For sure. Danny, I really loved all of your boundary points.
1: Thanks. I hope they're helpful to people. I feel like we covered a lot of various boundary phrases, techniques, tips, and tricks. That people can use for a variety of situations. With that being said, should we do our first bits and bobs of the year? I'm ready for it. Yes. Can I go first? Of course. (laughs) I'm very excited about this one. So, mine is actually another podcast, it's called Case 63. It's Spotify exclusive. So you can only listen to it on Spotify. Um, there's two seasons out so far. One came out in fall of 2022. And the other came out in fall of 2023. It's a fictional podcast. And the without giving too much away. It's very sci-fi. It's dystopian. Um, there may be some like time travel elements and it's kind of a little bit covid-esque in that they're trying to kind of save the world from a virus of sorts trigger warning trigger warning i guess but yeah it's really it would be a really good tv show honestly but i kind of like the fact that it's just audio um the idea is in the first episode, you'll find out you're kind of listening to the recorded sessions of a psychiatrist. That you're listening to like her recorded notes. So that's kind of the vibe. It's very cool. It's very short episodes. Each episode is like less than 15 minutes. Ooh. So it goes by very quickly. My partner and I listened to uh, the seasons while we were like driving somewhere on a road trip at some point. But you can get through a whole season in, like, less than two hours. And so far, both of them leave you on a cliffhanger. So I'm assuming there's going to be a season three. And I'm ready. Because I need to know what happened.
0: This has definitely piqued my interest. I love a short podcast. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: It it is short, but, like, in a way that's going to make you wish it were longer. So (laughs) it's just not a bad thing.
0: I guess I'm a fan of a short podcast because that's how I consume most of my like daily news. Yeah, is within like a thirty minute podcast on the news, and then I do like another fifteen minute or after that, I'm pretty like I'm set on my daily news. But I can get into longer ones if they're interesting. But I do feel like I would just binge listen to this.
1: <laughs> it is very bingeable. Highly recommend nice what about you mariah
0: my bits and bobs some would say is debatable on the bingeable okay (laughs) um i am gonna recommend a lord of the rings marathon
1: oh that's definitely bingeable
0: i mean it's bingeable to a physical extent because you need to move around and
1: like, take breaks. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Like, one of those movies is longer than the entire podcast that I just recommended.
0: <laughs> My partner and I have been doing a Lord of the Rings marathon, and now it's a little bit more segmented because, you know, every movie basically has an extended edition. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I have a really challenging time sitting through movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's just something like my attention span can't focus on like one plot line that long. Mm -hmm. Typically I have to really be in a movie mood. But The Hobbit is probably one of my favorite classic books. I've read it like a bajillion freaking times. Mm -hmm. So we watched all three of those. And We're on the second Lord of the Rings movie. So we only have two more to go. But that's
1: still probably six hours. Right. So. But I, I love that. Those, I mean, I didn't love the Hobbit movies too much, to be honest, but the Lord of the Rings, the OG trilogy is so good. I feel like it still stands up, like, even though it's been out forever.
0: It's particularly good because winter season is usually, like, Harry Potter season. Like, it's Uh cold, get some, like, Mm -hmm. butterbeer or whatever. Okay, same thing goes for Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. There's, like, a bajillion freaking movies. Not really. There's only six. But they're so long, it feels like there's a bajillion.
1: It'll (laughs) definitely take time to get through. And you can make it a whole event. Make Mm -hmm. you some food. Light some candles. Get cozy. We
0: We got, like, fancy gourmet
1: popcorn. Yes.
0: And watched, so... That's long gone now, but we might do something for the next two that we need to finish. I love that. That's
1: such a good recommendation.
0: And, I mean, it's readily available. I think we've been watching on Hulu. Oh, okay. Which, I think it's Hulu. But whatever it is, it has, like, some small commercials. hmm I think I might have said this before, but I love a commercial break. because it gives me like the (laughs) 90s nostalgia of like quick run to the bathroom like you have a you have 90 seconds Mm -hmm. like refill your water i don't know so it kind of like gives you that excuse to get up and like do a few lunges or something (laughs) (laughs) get your movement in right but that's all i have for bits and bobs me too we will see you guys next time on February 29th. Thanks for listening today. You can find us on Instagram at Behind Behavior Pod, on Facebook at Behind Behavior.
1: Or if you're old school, send us an email at contactbehindbehavior at gmail.com. Smell you later.